Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insight into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at PIRB.co.za for more. It's a lack of warm welcome to our audience, to you, the listener out there. This is yet another episode in a series of safety tips uh, during our technical talks that we or our technical discussions that we have specifically aimed at the consumers. You know, the layman out there who is not a qualified plumber, um, just to give them a couple of things to look at in this, and you know, and to consider. When they have plumbing work done at their premises. With me uh, for this podcast, again, we have our more technical person, Mr. Richard Bailey. Richard, welcome to you as well. Thanks again, Willem. Yeah, and um, uh, uh, hoping that uh, 22 is going to be better than 21. Let's check. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe so. I do believe so. It seems like things will slowly start to normalize now. But before we head into our conversation and before I fire away with all of the other questions, uh, let's hop into an ad break just quickly. Are you a tradesperson or a trading company that is looking for a platform to market your services? Let Articulated speed up the process for you. You can use our podcast to sell your services. Email us for a quote at organizer at articulated.co.za. You can also visit our website at www.articulated.co.za. Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Welcome back to our listeners. Our topic for discussion for today, uh, we're going to look at electrical connections to geezers. Uh, with the hope that we can share some valuable information with our listener out there. And uh, yeah, is... Uh, you know, we're looking at electrical and immediately, you know, we hear the word uh, connection to geezer. We hear that phrase and we know that it's it's connected to a geezer. So it has something to do with plumbing. But the word electrical and immediately to me as a layman, as, as somebody who's not a qualified plumber, that immediately says, ah, electrician. And I want to ask you this first question before we dig into any other details and juicy, juicy details of this conversation. Is the electrical connection to a geezer not the work of a qualified electrician? Yeah, 100%, Willem. It is. Um, it, you, if you are not a qualified electrician, you may not work on electrics. Uh, full stop. So this is not... Uh, an, uh, an, an instructable course or anything like that. This is simply, and the purpose of this podcast, and I want to make it very clear because I don't want anybody coming back to say, hey, but, you know, articulated or uh, the PIRB uh, said that uh, we, uh, you know, that we, this is what we must do on geezers and with electrics. No, that's not what we're saying. So the very clear, to be very clear, this is just an, uh, a high level um, guide as to what, can be looked at and what to look out for mm -hmm. in terms of non-compliance to be in order to be able to identify potential dangerous situations or non-compliances with the electrical installation. And as I said, it's to highlight these things. And I would urge the consumer to 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 um, to look, but not to touch. And and uh, so again, we <laughs> we again. I'm just I'm just saying if you're not an electrician. Don't touch. 
but these are this is just a, a, a way of uh, hopefully uh, uh, just to highlight some things. And again, Willem, like in this, the rest of the series, it's just to show that there are certain requirements in place because often a lay person thinks, oh, well, you know, there isn't much in place in terms of telling the person how to do this or how to do that. And as long as it kind of looks, no, there are things in place and it, they are in place for very, very specific reasons. So it's just one of those informative sessions that um, hopefully will enable to uh, able consumers to ask the right questions. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Talking about asking the right questions and, and the fact that this is podcast and the purpose for this podcast is just uh, for the sake of sharing information with the, with, with the listeners out there. Why is this subject, this, this specific topic, why is it so important? Hmm. Well, we've all seen, and, and, no, and I shouldn't even giggle, Verlim, uh, the, the you know, I, we, I've seen, I, I'm in a position where in my, in, in my profession where uh, I'm on the receiving end of a lot of photographs of very, very bad um, uh, results of bad plumbing, and, and which include fires, which include um, tremendous um, uh, damage to property. But more disturbing than that, um, we know of, I say we, you know, people that, that are sort of at the epicenter of all this information flow, we know of multiple um, fatalities um, as a direct result of, of bad electrical uh, installations surrounding geysers. And I'm not talking in the last 15 years. We're talking it, it happens, Willem, it happens. Um, it is not a laughing matter. So, so in as much as a consumer should and, you know, should trust a professional and, and again, I know you always allude to it and I'll say it, make sure that you are dealing with a professional, somebody who is qualified, uh, registered and licensed and is able to ensure that they, that they give you the checks and balances in the form of a certificate, that there's recourse. Uh, if there's anything wrong, if you're dealing with a professional, you're going to get professional stuff. So if the thing is, it's easy to trust and say, oh, well, he knows what he's doing. Yes, of course. But if, you, if you're not dealing with a professional, and that's often the case, people, we are talking about lives. Yeah. And, and, and this is, so it's, it's extremely important to highlight just what to look for. And again, I'll reiterate what I'm trying to achieve here in this podcast is not to have consumers go and fiddle or touch or twist or turn or open. Just look, just be aware and be observant, ask the right questions, but don't touch. Please don't touch. The stuff will kill you. So, so you'd slightly, you touch slightly on the fact that they should use a qualified, registered and licensed plumbers. And obviously licensed plumbers, professional, those who are registered with a professional body, not even only those that are registered with a professional body, plumbers who are licensed, qualified, they have standards according to which they must work. And those standards have very specific requirements in them according to which the plumbers must do their installations and their work. And those are specifically to improve functionality uh, as well as for health and safety purposes of the consumer. All right. So let's have a look at a couple of those requirements when specifically when it comes to electrical con connection to geezers. 
So some of these terms might not make immediate sense, and I'll try my best to embellish a, a little bit so as to try and um, explain what, what is meant. But but I'm, I want to just go through a couple of the requirements. And, and remember, we're only talking about the connection to the Giza. Please don't, please don't um, use this as, as a template to do electrical work. <laughs> okay, we're just talking about the, the electrical connection to a geezer. It's a single connection to an appliance, but it is one that is um, often um, visible and accessible, which makes it extremely dodgy sometimes because it's a it's a live connection. It can kill people. And I've seen some situations where, Willem, if I were to tell you this one, this one uh, installation I came across about six months ago, and it was an inspection that I did and the geezer was installed above a bath uh, in a vertical orientation. So it's, you know, geezer is quite a long cylinder. So the bottom of that geezer was no more than, I would say, 400 millimeters above the level of the bath. And that is where the electrics go in and connect to this geezer. Now, Willem, I'm sitting in this bath. I want to reach forward to open the taps. My forearm is, is all, all but brushing the electrics to the skeezer. I'm sitting in a bath of water and, and the cover to the electrical uh, connection to the skeezer was off. It was off. I'm telling you there were bare wires next to the person sitting there bathing. I, now, that is an extreme um, uh, example, which of, of course any layperson would immediately have alarm bells ringing it and ask the questions, hey, Dude, this is this is not right. But there are more subtle things. So they are often in situations that are accessible for little fingers and so on. And inquisitive little fingers get in anywhere. And even if that cover is not um, completely off, it can be pried off. And trust me, uh, little kids and inquisitive uh, pets even will 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 cause untold damage and even fatality. So here's a couple of guidelines. There must be an isolator switch within arm's reach. If I, as a person who is maintaining this geezer and working on it, I must be able to reach with, in, with an arm and switch the geezer off. Now, an isolator, I must just make a difference, a, a differentiation between what an isolator is and a switch is. An isolator does what its name suggests. It isolates the appliance completely from the electrical supply, which means both live and neutral. It is as if you've disconnected the wire. <clears throat> whereas a switch usually only disconnects the live. For the purposes of an electrical circuit, a neutral must be treated as a live and is just as dangerous as the live. So if you do not disconnect, if you do not isolate this from the electrical circuit, both neutral and live, it is just as dangerous as it was before. So it doesn't sim a switch simply breaks the circuit, but you've still got power there at the switch. So that's very important to understand. It cannot just be a normal switch. It has to be an isolator and it needs to be within arm's reach. Before we continue with our conversation, have a listen to this. Introducing the Plumbing Industry Registration Board Company Registration Portal. Now you can register your company to have access to more benefits, including purchasing and allocating certificates of compliance to your PRB registered employees. 
visit www.pirb.co.za to find out more information. Again, as a layperson, as somebody who's not a qualified either electrician or plumber, I've been into my roof, I've been into my ceiling, and I've seen the switch that is at my geyser. And, you know, because of the fact that I don't know that it should be an isolator, I see the switch there with an arm's reach, and I think to myself, well, that's okay. At least there's a switch to switch off the electricity to the geyser. And, uh, you know, it's it's when I have conversations with, with uh, you know, people, knowledgeable people, uh, people, experts from in the industry like yourself now, that I learn the fact that, you know, no, that's not correct. It should be an isolator. Okay, let me just uh, um, uh, say one thing. I was searching for a fancy word, but you put me on the spot, Willem. <laughs> let me, the, 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 an isolator looks very similar to a switch. It, it, you, would, you, you could easily um, mistake one for another unless you know exactly what you're looking for. So an isolator, which, is, uh, which would isolate it completely, uh, is usually in a reasonably sized box, and it has just got a single switch. So, for example, the, the, uh, as opposed to what we would look at a light switch, a light switch is just a switch, but an isolator looks similar, but it is an isolator. It's the same thing as you would find uh, next to your stove. That is also an isolator as opposed to a switch. It's a very different animal. Okay. But, but I have seen geysers installed with just switches, and, and that's a problem because you switch it off, you're working on – essentially what is live electricity and you can die so it absolutely has to be an isolator and there is a very real difference uh, let's talk let's talk about the wires to continue the, you know the requirements of, of the standards i want to just carry just staying with the isolator i just want to there's one more thing i want to say about it is that it may not be attached to the geyser very often you find geysers which sometimes are situated on top of the roof you have to have a wire come up supply this geyser with power and there's nowhere to put this box with the isolator in it so they just amount mount it to the geyser that is non-compliant because if i need to change that geyser i need to isolate it from electricity <coughs> i isolate it and now what i want to take the geyser away but i'm not taking the switch away so i have to leave bare wires live so it, it cannot it cannot be attached to the geyser so the isolator has to be separate from the geyser within arm's reach and you must be able to switch it off, leave it off, see that it's off, and then do your disconnections and remove that geyser completely without touching the, the, the isolator again. So that 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 was um, just the one thing. And then, yes, Willem, you touched on the wires. <clears throat> Is there a, a, a specific question you wanted to ask, or should I just talk to the wires? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's hear what, what, what people can look out for. Right, so there are minimum thicknesses of wires for, to put it in layman's terms um, we talk about the square diameter of a wire or the, or the square um, cross section of a wire for most domestic geysers the wires supplying the electricity must at least be 2.5 millimeters squared um, including the earth i want to just say something about the earth in what is commonly known as flat twin and earth cable or surface 
Uh, it's that white or black flat cable with the live neutral and earth bare earth wire in one PVC sleeve. It's quite a familiar site in Builders Warehouse and Build It and local hardware stores. It comes on rolls. You buy it per meter. There's got a single bare strand of earth wire in it, copper strand. That earth is 1.5 mil, but the wire itself is rated at 2.5. So if you use that earth as the earth to a geezer, for example, it is underrated. It is undersized. So the normally the rating or the size of the wire must be 2.5, and that includes the earth, which means that you need to do some special things as an electrician. But I'm not going to get into that. That is just a, a, an observation. So 2.5 is, 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 is a common size, but know that there is a required minimum size for whatever it is. The electrician will have to tell you what that is. For bigger installations, it might be bigger. There is a minimum size of wire. You cannot use smaller wires. They cannot be loose and flapping around like without being secured somewhere. And I'm talking about loose house wires, so red, black, and green. Either that, or even if it is a cable, it needs to be secured and rooted properly. If it's flapping around and flapping around and it's, you know, you get into the ceiling and you trip on it, that's obviously a problem. It's got to be secured against a truss or rooted nicely so that it's out of the way. Otherwise, it must be in a conduit. When a cable enters a junction box or any other for, uh, enclosure, such as the cover of a, of a geezer, It'll go through that little pre-drilled hole of the junction box or the cover. It can't just go through there. It needs a gland, what we call a gland. It's a fitting that fits in that hole. It secures itself to that hole, but then it has a rubber fixed fixation which grips the wire and, and doesn't allow the insulation of that wire to rub against anything hard or sharp. So if you just pull the wire into that thing without a gland, without a nice fitting there, and you can quickly and easily see and these guys this is what i'm uh, these are things you can easily see at a glance i'm not going to get into technical this you can see at a glance if the wire just goes in there and it's rubbing against it one day is one day that insulation is going to rub through and the next thing you know you've got a house fire otherwise use a yeah otherwise use a use a conduit another obvious one is if there are any covers that are clearly supposed to be screwed down or kept in place it must, they must be in place, not loose. So it must be in place. It mustn't be loose. And if there's anything that looks kind of half exposed, say, hey, where's that thing's cover? It can't, you can't have exposed uh, joints or, or, or um, uh, well, anything electrical in a roof space or in any space for that matter. Okay. Something which is less visible, but, oh, man, so vitally important, Willem. If I were to tell you how... Often people, and, and, and I don't know who, but so, so many people get this wrong, connections to, of wires to boxes or to switches or to whatever you're connecting it to, there's a screw that clamps that wire down. And those connections have got to be tight, tight, tight. If they are loose, and it's not visible, unfortunately, but if they are loose or slightly loose, you get arcing which creates heat and it burns the thing and it just it snowballs and you've got a fire. So those things have to be absolutely tight and only trained people know the importance of this. So if you just got a lay person or a guy that doesn't know about this stuff and he just tightens it with sort of hand tighten, he doesn't know what he's doing and he doesn't know the consequences 
that could result from a loose connection like that. Okay. Next, earthing, earth bonding. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about earth bonding. It might seem like some sort of an afterthought that, ah, well, uh, is there a bit of green wire between there? Yeah, it's there. It's fine. We just twist it on there or whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, earth bonding will save your life. The, the way in which a circuit knows that there is a short is by, the, by means of the earth. I'm not going to get technical, but that earth needs to be bonded to all parts and it needs to be, it needs to have a certain amount of um, resistance. Uh, we're not going to get technical, but that means that it needs to be of a certain diameter or, or thickness or, or type of bonding material, usually a 2.5 millimeter wire or bonding strap. And it needs to be very securely fastened to all the points in the, in this, in the, of the, that need to be earthed. Let's let's put it that way. And those points are from the isolator to the geyser, from the geyser, and then bridging the hot and the cold. And so all of those contact points must have a reading. If you were to think of a flow of of anything between those points, it must be the electrons or electricity must be able to easily flow without any restriction between those all four of those points. And if you have a twisted wire or a, a loose connection or, 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 or a connection onto a dirty copper pipe, for example, with some plastic tape around it, and you, which you've missed because it comes off the shelf and it's that see-through plastic tape, so it goes over the plastic tape, it doesn't make contact with the copper, you've got a situation where if there is a short and you touch a tap, you can get electrocuted and it will not trip because it is not earthed. And you will die in the shower. And again, this is not something that happens once every 10 years. It happens. So <laughs> earth bonding. So just ask the questions. I'm not saying go and tinker and fiddle. Just go and ask the questions. And that is um, the, 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 the most important thing. Lastly, what I want to say, Willem, is again, similar to any geyser installation or, or any installation really, accessibility to the components. If it's tucked away and you can think for yourself, if I as an electrician am, have to work on this connection, but I'm resting on my one shoulder and I'm lying on my back and I can't see, that is not accessible. It is not fair to ask that electrician to work on that thing uh, uh, safely and easily. That's not fair. It is not accessible. So if, it, if, if, if I cannot comfortably sit and work on something that, let's face it, is a life and death situation, um, then it's not fair. Let me liken it. What, what, can we, what can we liken it to, Willem? For example, uh, if, uh, um, so you, you asked me to, to, to install the brakes of your car. Uh, my brakes are shot. I need new brakes, please, because I'm going uh, racing tomorrow. Okay, I need brakes that work. Fantastic. Um, yeah, here's my car. Oh, by the way, I've just had um, new wheels put on, so I'd, pref I'd prefer it, please, if you just don't touch, the don't take the wheels off. Could you do it with the wheels on, please? N no, it I no, but I need you to do it with the wheels on, please, because I just don't want you to. That's the 
level of craziness that we're talking about. We're talking about a life and death death situation, and we're asking the oak to to crawl through a little space and try his best with a little. No, make it accessible. Architects, if you're listening to this, please make things accessible. Design rooms, design bigger spaces for geezers. And that's <laughs> it, Willem, except for one last thing, which I'd say to the everybody listening. If you're a lay person, don't double, don't question your common sense. If you're looking at something and it looks a bit dodgy and your common sense is saying to you, hey, that's not so lacquer, but I better not question it because he's the, no, ask the question. If it looks dodgy, stop and ask and say, hey, explain this to me because I'm a lay person. I want to know what that is. That's my last word. And, and you have every... You have every right to. Absolutely. You have every right to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just before wrapping up this conversation, have a listen to this. Plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy-to-follow courses can be found on iopsatraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber. Listen, Richard, um, you know what? It's always good to have these uh, little, let's not use the word little, um, these these short uh, but yet powerful safety tips conversations to the consumers out there. These are things that, I mean, I mentioned it earlier in the conversation that as a layperson myself, somebody who's not a plumber or not a qualified electrician for that matter, these are things that I didn't know about. Uh, until I hear or have a conversation like the one we just have. So uh, I really do believe that, again, like I say at the end of each one of these conversations, I do believe that it carries as much value to the listener out there as it carries to me. So I want to thank you for sharing this information. Uh, it's always it's always a pleasure, Willem. As you know, I love doing these things as well. And then lastly, thanks to Stack to you, the listener out there. Thanks for tuning in and having listened to this episode. And uh, we will definitely chat to you again soon. Thanks for having tuned in. Make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at pirb.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.